everyone. Welcome to Contact Lost, the Polish podcast about Warhammer 40k competitive scene and also about the international competitive scene. I am Tweek, <laughs> your host, and with me I have my uh, my my trusty co-host Joker. Hey guys. Hi dude. And uh, we have another special guest, uh, a person who has been a great inspiration to me and to many people in the world, I guess. Um, a person that is very familiar to many, thanks to the uh, amazing podcast that he's been on, uh, thanks to his own channel that he has created. So, yeah, without further ado, welcome, Mr. Skari. Hello, thanks for having me on. Um, you are you are too kind to a, an ancient archon like myself. Um, no, ancient... We're super excited. And it's humbling to have you. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And ancient, um, I won't dispute that because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I. It's all the wrinkles, bit... all the wrinkles from like no. many, many years of fighting, you see. <laughs> and the scars. Um, and scars, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as I said in the, in the pre show conversation, I've been watching your videos since 2014. So for me, that is ancient. That's when I started hobbying in general. So uh, for me, that's since the beginning of Warhammer 40k time. Um, so, <laughs> well, you're you're too kind. I love the podcast, by the way. I've been ever since you started the podcast. Um, I love the, I love getting a podcast on this side of the world from, you know, that that side of the world. <laughs> you yeah, know, because a lot of the times there's either the language barriers or the there's not really a lot of content that gets made or that I haven't really seen until your podcast starting kind of shining a light on a lot of the like the WTC style stuff and a lot of the like scene of you know uh from like that European scene that that you get to cover that that we don't get to see a lot on this side yeah that is the the idea basically though you know we we do realize that the Polish people have maybe our scene isn't big but it's quite powerful. Like if you think of the WTC or ETC history, Polish people, the Polish team has usually been up there uh, at the top somewhere. So, uh, and the Polish players are really experienced and they are a threat, so to say, um, in that competition. So, so yeah, so we figured why not talk about it. But today we meet to tackle a different topic, you know, a topic that is, I guess, uh, taboo to, to many uh not many people want to talk about it not many people want to open about it because it's very it's very private uh very intimate uh, i would even say if many people feel that if they open up about this topic they might get misunderstood so they don't even start so the topic is uh hobby burnout some of you the, the people who who follow us who follow our instagram or facebook uh or youtube uh will know that we've created a survey and we've asked uh you and people on the internet uh, on Polish Discord, on some forums, on some Facebook groups, to to contribute to uh, to to the survey, and to let us know if they suffer from or have suffered from hobby burnout, how they've tackled it, have they managed to beat it, um, or maybe if they have never suffered from it, what they've been doing to actually avoid it. So the idea is uh, to discuss it, and uh, yeah, I, I I have the two amazing gentlemen here. Um, who have been an inspiration, Skari, uh, you know, you, you, you've been a role model for all those years. You've managed to stuck to, to a single army, which for me is something that I wasn't able to achieve. And I, I, I changed armies uh, plenty of times. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's important for me to uh, listen what you have to say uh, about hobby burnout. And then Joker is 
probably the second out of the three people that I admire. Joker is the second uh, person that I admire because he is so full of positive energy and so full of initiatives and ideas on, you know, how to make this hobby run and how to keep our community active that I would like to hear from him about his ideas, his initiatives and so on. And the third person uh, probably would be Adam Camilleri, who, as I said uh, before, mm-hmm. is like a ball of energy, positive energy. And if you listen to him, you immediately want to put models on the table and just start playing. So um so yeah so uh i'm happy to have you uh but before we get into that topic scary you 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 have just finished a two-day event right a two-day tournament that you've participated in can you tell us something about it are you tired <laughs> what have you played what have you taken uh did the list work what place have you uh or how have you placed tell us all about it yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward, to, first of all, to talk about the, um, this topic, which I think is very important, not just this topic in general, but mental health, I think, is a very important topic that a lot of us have to deal with and we have our own struggles. And it's good to have conversations about, you know, how things affect us. As for the tournament this weekend, I went to a major tournament as I think 108 players, uh, the first major event that we've had in uh, Canada, uh, in Toronto, uh, in two years since wow. uh, the onset of COVID. So it was a big deal and we had a lot of players. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of players come down. I think Rob Robert Olofsson uh, from Sweden came down too. One of the WTC players from the Swedish team uh, wow, came down. Yeah, so you know, it was there was an international presence of people coming to play, and there was um, uh, you know we had Brad Chester, who's currently number one ranked ITC, to try uh, take a train to come up to Canada to play, and that was really really fun. I took a Drukari list, surprise surprise, <laughs> um, and uh, it was I ran a real space raid detachment. I'm finding real space raids to be really fun. Uh, and very versatile. And I ran uh, like Artists of the Flesh, which is the coven. I ran Red Grief as my witch cult instead of Cult of Strife, which threw a lot of people off, and Blackheart for my cabal. And I ran Talos, I ran Kronos, I ran some Hellions and Reaper jet bikes and some witches and racks and just a little bit of everything. And uh, I uh, did well. I went five and one out of six rounds. You know, this is a win-loss format, so it's uh, it was win path instead of battle points, um, which means that like you were playing people who lost or who won the same amount of games at the same point in time than you, right? So if you had lost your first game, you were going to be paired up against someone who lost their first game. If you lost your third game, you're going to be paired up against someone who lost their third game. So in terms of win-loss, path. And, um, and uh, there were two undefeated players at the top. We had Brad Chester taking top general. And we have Bruno, mem- uh, fellow member of Team Canada, uh, placing in second. However, he won best overall, which uh, was the largest event uh, award at the event. It was a thousand Canadian dollars in cash that was handed out to the winner. So, congratulations to him, fellow Team Canada member, doing us proud, which was yeah, really awesome. Nice. Yeah, um, you know. So, going into the event itself. Um, of course, we did have Sergey. Sergey with his Grey Knights came in third, and I was in fourth place. So I came in fourth generalship. Uh, one of my goals was to podium and overall, so I've been working a lot on my painting lately. Um, and uh, I came in third best overall, so I was 
extremely ecstatic about that. Um, that was probably the highlight of my weekend. I did also win Best uh, Xenos, which was awesome too. So it was an all-round fantastic weekend, and it was just great to finally get to see people I haven't seen in two years <laughs> and just, you know, see them face to face and, you know, and just just sit and chat. And then afterwards, you know, we we went out to dinner and it was just a very, it's a very fulfilling feeling like there was something missing in my life for two years. And uh, I was able to get it back this weekend. So I don't feel tired after two days. I felt tired after the four games on day one. But um I feel refreshed. Like I want to do it again next weekend. That's how I feel. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Just in general, that's uh, that was the weekend. It was fantastic. It was awesome. And like uh, we had uh, Team Canada has sixteen players and a coach on the roster, and we had fifteen of the sixteen uh, players at that event all placing in the top uh, 25 or something. So it was really nice to see the team go out and give a really strong running and get some good practice. And I'm really excited to uh, be a part of it. It was just awesome. Nice. Sounds really nice. And congrats on your third place overall finish. Third and place. Third place. Yes. I'd just <laughs> like to say, I think uh, I had similar feelings that you've just mentioned about um, meeting with the people again uh, when I went a month ago to the Polish team championships. Mm -hmm. uh, the game was almost uh, not as important as meeting all of these people after a two-year break and just having those interactions based around Warhammer, of course. But still, yeah, that, that was uh, really refreshing, one could say, which in a way relates to the topic of um, tackling burnout. But let's not get ahead of, uh, of ourselves. i just like to ask one thing. Uh, regarding that event, what factions did the uh, players placed first and second play? Uh, so on in first, like in ITC, so the battle in the BCP app, so generalship, mm -hmm. we're looking at win-loss. Uh, Bradchester uh, went 6-0 um, with his Drukari, so he won 6. That was the only game I lost was to Bradchester. That's actually a streamed game that you can go watch on the Stutter Scrub uh, Twitch page or YouTube channel. Okay. If you're going to go watch that game. Uh, Bruno, uh, he won with a Harlequin and uh, Eldari army. He went 6-0 and as well. Oh, wow. So he was running just fusion boats and night spinners and support weapon platforms. So a very just heavy out-of-line-of-sight shooting army with the troop masters and a bunch of fusion boats. Still did really well there, and then Sergey was uh, went uh, uh, five and one with Grey Knights, and I went five and one with my Drukari. We also had a five and one Blood Angel player, Sam. We had uh, another Dark Eldar player go five and one, and then Mechanicus, Imperium, more Drukari, High Fleet, Kraken. So the top ten, uh, that was the top ten at the event. Uh, cool. Cool. Uh, if we have time, uh, I'd love to know your opinion about uh, how the win-loss uh, system compares to WTC, but that's if we have time, as it's not the topic of the day. Absolutely. We can talk about it uh, at any point. You, uh, you know, I think there are, there are merits to both. You know, the, the differential system, which is the 20 system we use at the team events, and of course the battle point slash win-loss style 
um, that is a lot more popular on the side of the uh, of the ocean. Right. Uh, I, I also have a question because I listened to the Thursday show from, I think, um, Frontline Gaming, where Paul Murphy and Adam Camilleri were discussing this upcoming then uh, tournament. And Adam was talking about your list and he said that he has absolutely no idea how it works. <laughs> uh, so do you, I know that I understand that you probably don't want to go into all the intricacies of, of your list and do you want to keep it to yourself? Oh, but were there all. any? I oh, okay. like sharing. You know, I feel like there's no point in in keeping it all too secret. Like you have your tricks, but it's we're one big community. We all get better by all learning together. That's true. But were there any, you know, standout units that you would you would your go-to units, let's say, that you're definitely bringing to the next tournament? Uh, the talus. Yeah, the talus. Artisans of the flesh talus. Those things are just monstrous. They're fantastic. Uh, the negative, the, the damage reduction combined with heat lances, combined with the Icar injectors, you know, being able to get in a real space raid so you get reroll hits with an Archon, it, reroll ones to hit, it's just, just really good into the meta right now, killing, you know, Admech chickens and Admech planes and, uh, and buggies and like other Dark Eldar like vehicles or, uh, you know, monsters. So it, all in all, it's probably my, my best unit in the entire tournament. And isn't speed an issue for them? Yeah, not once they no, because it was player place terrain, so it was very easy to sort All of right. like set up um, set up uh, staging areas for them. You know, move them up into a staging area, and then either move out and fire and fade and things like that, um, or uh, or just advance them and get them into combat if I really wanted them to go fast. Okay, that's really cool. So, yep, Joker, if you if you have any questions about the army and so on, we can leave it till the end. Uh, or you yeah, know, agreed. Yeah. So, so I guess we can we can uh, jump into the topic. I mean, we we've already covered a tournament that you've gone to. I already said that, Scary, that you are my and have been my inspiration for a longer while. But can you tell us maybe something about yourself to for all those people? For example, in Poland, that might have not heard of you, or people around the world that might not be familiar with what you do exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I'm I'm Skari, uh, or Rizvan, which is my real name, Rizvan. Uh, I've been I'm 34 years old, and I've been playing games for something like 23 years, and uh, I've been playing 40k for 23 years. My original army was Black Templars, mm -hmm. so I've been very excited about the new Black Templar book. Just saying. Um, but I've been playing Dark Eldar for, I want to say, a good 15 to 17 years or so. And uh, it's been pretty much exclusively Dark Eldar until recently. I've been doing some work with Mini Wargaming. I do some filming with them and some uh, battle reports and campaigns. And uh, I've been, I jumped into content creation full time. So it's my job is what I do for a living um, three years ago. I and uh, so I, I do videos on YouTube. I do live streams on Twitch, hobby streams. I, uh, I run a Patreon, of course. And uh, and, you know, I tr my goal is basically to travel, bring the gaming community together. It's one of my biggest uh, aims. And I try to do that with like a very positive light on things. I'm a member of uh, the Canadian national team. And uh, I've been to the WTC, well, the ETC twice, now the WTC, once we get to go. So let's just say I enjoy playing uh, games of dice 
and meeting people. And, uh, you know, that makes the world go round for me. That's fantastic. That's that's exactly, uh, you know, why I think uh, you're the right person in the right place right now for us. Um, because, yeah, I, I wanted us to to to, to touch upon the topic of uh, of uh, hobby burnout. Um, I won't hide it. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about this topic because uh, I treat it very personally and uh, burnout is something that I have suffered for uh, for the last year. Uh, we started doing the podcast a year well, well like more than a year ago uh we reached nine episodes and then for me uh you know it, a breakdown came so to say i probably was too much into the hobby like in different aspects so you know i i was like listening to podcasts uh reading about it i i came to this point where i was building like six or seven lists in uh, in battle scribe a day just as form of entertainment and so on um but then i couldn't see the results on the on the table uh with with the, the army that i picked and mm -hmm. uh i just i just sort of gave up like i couldn't make my army work uh the ninth edition didn't help i couldn't you know wrap my brain around the the new mission system and so on and uh and it was just easier to give up i think um back then so uh a year has passed. Uh, I started talking to Joker and to Alice, who's fantastic models you might have seen on our Instagram, and some other mm -hmm. people, and uh, and they they somehow grabbed me and dragged me back into the hobby, and and I'm happy to be back with new energy and so on. Uh, but you know, I feel I, I've looked around and I see that many of the friends that I used to play with are are, are gone. Uh, they they gave up for one one reason or another. Um, so I realized that I'm not the only case uh, that that has suffered from this uh, from the same thing, and I felt okay. Let's talk about it. Let's make an episode about it. Let's let's make a survey to to have some data behind our claims and and, and so on, and that maybe I can have some awesome people on to discuss the results. And, and here we are. So that's a bit of a lengthy uh, intro. Um, so yeah, maybe to continue with that intro, Scary, have you ever? experienced something like that have you ever in your you said 24 years is that correct Tw in your 20 23 years so 20, yeah, since yeah. i was since i was like 11 or something like that mm -hmm. so so that's that's a long time that's the maturity of, of your life basically in that time have you had those moments of feeling down those moments of i don't know being on the verge of maybe quitting it or something like this has that happened and you know uh, how have you tackled uh, yeah, so I get I vividly remember the first time I wanted to quit the game, um, <laughs> which was very early on when I played in the game. I had I went to one of my first tournaments and I was very young then and I had I had an unpleasant game at, at, at the event and that sort of left a very sour taste in my mouth. And so I did I shelved Warhammer for a little bit because I was just so like disillusioned if that makes sense at the mm -hmm. at the at sort of like the interaction like i just felt you know that that it was not a fun fun experience uh, however i i used that fuel that fueled me to learn the rules better than anyone would ever learn the rules so so that i would never have somebody like catch me out in that sort of like oh no this is the rule and kind of like just take advantage of my we call it angle shooting in mm -hmm. the you know, in the ITC uh, uh, code of conduct now, but um, 
and my I vowed that I would know the my opponent's rules better than they knew their own rules. And so that just really helped me learn everybody like learn how to play the game a lot better. So it was more of a motivator rather than like a but that was like the first time. I just went home and I was like, that was the worst game I've ever played and I don't want to play this anymore. Um and then over the years it's just been in waves. Um I feel like it definitely comes to a point when you're when especially when I was a part of like a gaming group. We had like a, I've been a part of a variety of different gaming groups. And when we would play 40k all the time, every week, all week, like all week long, every gaming day. And the aim of those games was simply to practice and get ready for the next tournament. And then we'd all go to the next tournament, we play, and then we tweak our lists and then practice, practice, practice for the next tournament. Every six months or so, they, you know, the, the whole the whole group would sort of burn out. Mm. And then it was just nobody wanted to play 40K because everybody would be like, I'm done. I don't, like, I can't play another game of Warhammer 40,000 anymore. So we ended up um, mainly playing different games, you know, in terms of, um, you know, we play, we pick up Warhammer Fantasy or uh, Necromunda or, you know, um, Mordheim. For example, or we'd play board games instead, and but it wouldn't be long before the sort of bug hit again, and we'd start playing 40k again. <laughs> so it usually didn't last too long, but it was about supplementing what we did with other games that we enjoyed long enough to sort of like let the creative juices flow again for the game that we played. Right, Joker. Um, I think you you are on the like completely opposite end of the spectrum because although we haven't really spoken about that in the past very much uh, I feel like you are that kind of a person who never suffers from burnout at all like uh, as I said in the introduction there is so much energy so many initiatives in you um, so is that a correct assumption that you just don't burn out <sighs> I don't know if it's the correct assumption I think maybe saying that I haven't burned out yet would be a better take on it uh but to be honest i did have a bit of a crisis at the beginning of the year uh when we've still had pretty rigid covid restrictions and the local community was uh well, um obviously metaphorically speaking dead uh yeah so that was a bit of a tough time but uh what i did i just focused on other parts of the hobby and tried to you know just take it in on um, a bit of a more individual level so um not exactly playing the game but like i know painting putting my stuff together uh just yeah um building the models etc et uh i did uh, embark on a new year new army um challenge so to speak uh which is where i picked up drukari uh, and obviously no one believes me that i picked it up before the uh, ridiculously powerful codex dropped um and yeah, that's. I think that's it, really. Uh, but you're right. Before that, I can't recall a time that I would say I felt burnt out. Sometimes felt down or demotivated, frustrated. Yes, surely. But to drop it completely, not really. Right. So um, I'm I'm, I'm going to use you uh, in, in this podcast to uh, you know in, in the in the part where we get to like solutions and 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 
working around burnout because uh, as I said, you, you, there are so many initiatives that you uh, have been involved in that I think that could be an inspiration to to, to all the listeners. Um, but yeah, let's start from from, from the beginning. So um, I let the, the survey run for a couple of days. Officially in the stats that I have sent you, uh, we have 112 people who responded. Some of the questions were, there were six questions. Some of the questions were like very, uh, I would say closed uh, with simple answers. The majority of them were either multiple choice or open-ended. And I gave the people the possibility to uh, to write their own comments in there as well. And this is the, the meat of the survey, uh, really interesting answers in there. Um, so, so the idea is, I think we should go through uh, each question uh, and you know just pick out the the most interesting things and give our take on uh, on the topic that the question pertains to. Um, and I hope that is fine with you. So, I, I would like to use this occasion as well to uh, to thank all the all the people who participated in the survey because I know the topic is not easy. I know it is not easy to to open up. Um, I made sure that this this survey is uh, is anonymous, but still, to to open up and give all the details that you have given um, is uh, an amazing thing. So I thank you, and uh, I think I'll I'll keep the survey open for uh, for a bit longer, uh, like for a couple more days uh, after this is published, so people can still contribute, and then. I'm going to close it. I'm going to publish the the results, uh, you know, on our Facebook, on Instagram, and so on, so people can see the graphs. They can they 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 can see that that maybe if they do suffer from burnout, they are not alone. Um, and uh, hopefully, the ideas that we present today uh, will help them also do away with uh, burnout, whether it's there or whether it's on the way. Um, so yeah. Um, Question number one, uh, nothing complicated here. This was just a basic question about which age group you are in. Um, and I just wanted to uh, to to find out, uh, you know, in in which sort of bracket the people are. And we have um, from 112 people who responded to the question, uh, a whopping 62.5% uh, are in the 25 to 34 age group, uh, followed by 22% of 35 to 44. And then the third group is uh, with uh, about nine percent, eighteen between twenty-four. I don't know if if there is a lot that we can say or comment about this, apart from the fact that this uh, age group is active people who work, who have just started families. I guess, which might point to some of the reasons why people suffer from burnout, because one of the uh, common reasons uh, that we are going to get to in the second question are uh, that people don't have enough time to 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 hobby to to do what they love to do what they want because they have other commitments uh, chores to do so in this age group I think this is the most the most common thing anything that you want to uh, add guys or can we jump to the second question yeah I think it's pretty I think that's a good assumption to make based on the age groups yeah, it also I feel that that really encapsulates, you know, the the general age groups of people who can even like afford the hobby and play like a game that is expensive and time consuming as well, right? You know, considering that a game is three hours or whatnot, you know, you have to be able to 
afford the time and the like either painting or getting your army commissioned or you know the time to do the hobby itself so it's a combination of things yeah absolutely. yeah and it's just i think your average warhammer player that falls in that age group mm -hmm. yeah correct so um no surprises there i would really say uh with the survey but still uh, a nice little uh, small question to set the stage for uh what's to come uh question two and in question two um i've asked uh, and i quote have you ever felt burnout with regards to warhammer 40,000? and now here out of the 112 people who participated 91 persons so 82 percent of people who responded uh gave a definite yes so uh 91 of people said that they there was a time in their life when they felt burnout and some of the people even felt like giving us some more uh details on it so uh, first of all are you guys surprised by this number 82 percent of respondents suffering burnout um joker i'll start with you because um yeah did you think that this is such a common issue uh, I'm, I'm going to sound a bit pessimistic here, but I'm not surprised uh, purely because I think if someone decided to actually take part in the survey, it's probably because uh, they wanted to I know, anonymously share that this is True something that. they have experienced. So um, I'd base it purely on that reason. Yeah, OK, it's hard to disagree. Uh, True. But also, uh, you know, the 10% the of people who, who, who responded uh, apparently came here to say no. Uh, they came here to say that they haven't suffered from from burnout, uh, and then uh, we've given those people a chance to to say how they uh, managed to stay away from burnout in question six, which we will get to eventually. But yeah, Scary again, maybe a naive question, but uh, that's an, an, a huge number, a huge uh, amount of people suffered from it. Have you met people in the past who suffered from burnout? Have you know? Is it common? in your community or in the communities that you have um you know uh, well met in the past i think it's not unusual to suffer from burnout with anything really you know considering the age group of the people who took the survey you know when you either navigating a job or a career or starting a family or you know trying to you know um establish a, a life or buy a house or you know you uh, you, you're going to be going through a lot of stressors, right? And with the rise of sort of like creation of content or like the, the sort of like social media aspect of our hobby community as well, there's the, I feel like there's been a lot of pressure put on performance, on painting skill, on a variety of different factors that then add on to that hobby thing right where you might not be the best painter but you don't really want to show off your models because all the models you see on these painting tutorials are just like you know just so they just look unattainable that it sort of like makes you feel all depressed that you're never going to get to that spot or, or whatnot and i think that it's a combination of, of feeling burnout you know and i feel that no matter what you do there's going to come a time where you, you're stressed, you know what I mean? Like you, you feel that stress and, and one of the easiest things to stop doing is to stop doing a hobby. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very easy to sort of like get into a rut and just binge watch 
Netflix instead of painting or building or, you know, like, or going to a tournament on the weekend or, you know, things like that. And I feel I'm not surprised to see a high percentage of people having said that they suffer from some sort of burnout at some point. Yeah, and, and what you said uh, about, you know, different aspects of life uh, and, and that you can suffer burnout in them really resonates with me strongly, especially that I feel, and that was also a thought that I had about a year ago, uh, something that really annoyed me um, was that I, I felt at some point by looking at, you know, Facebook posts of different people and so on, that you no longer can just do a hobby you no longer can just collect models or you can no longer you know run no longer go cycling you have to do it like to the extreme so people don't run anymore they go and run in runmageddon or tough mother or something like that it has to be an extreme challenge people don't ride a bike they just go and you know do some crazy mountain biking uh, on the verge of dying sort of racing uh, and in our hobby uh you have to be extremely competitive to to you know to, to mean something or when you go to reddit and you see all those posts where people go like oh my first painted model ever and then you see like this amazingly painted dry yeah. brushed and you know model that that's just demotivating to an extent yeah, yeah. I, i've uh, suffered that on, on on the painting but many times uh but yeah, we'll see if we get to that. And um, I think what Scar said before is uh, very uh, true. And that's also what I think I wanted to say is that burnout is probably inevitable uh, at some point. And uh, well, then it's just a matter if you want to, if you manage to deal with it or, or if you just drop something completely. But Yeah, 100%. I think... Um... I think it's one of those things where it's important to sort of manage one's expectations and one's specific goals. You know, you have to sometimes that self-reflection of what do you want to get out of the things that you do for fun is so important. And it's one of the best tools that one has to avoid getting to that point of burnout. Right. It's it's, you know, what it, like what why do you do what you do? Right. And and it's not easy to kind of take a step back and reflect on those things a lot of the times. But I feel it is very important. And it's also important to sort of like talk to someone about it, especially if it's really weighing on you to the point where you're like, I've invested 10 years of my life playing this game. I painted these armies and I just I'm going to sell it all and stop doing it culture, you know, just out of because I'm just so stressed about it or whatever. That's you know, that's not healthy or oh, I don't feel like it is yeah. it's like talk to someone about it and yeah. before you make any sort of like rash decisions and then feel sad about it you know a year later when you're like I should have never sold that army you know that sort of thing so so you know it's yeah it's interesting to see that it's as high as you know 82 percent of the people who took the survey you know and I'm curious to hear more stories you know if anybody has stories you know i it'd be cool to to have more of a conversation about it to kind of like have a conversation about it absolutely and i think i, I can't speak for everyone of course but uh both joke and myself we work in the same company we work in uh in a in a big uh corporation um 
and you know corporations have this tendency to uh, you know react to to what is going on around them and covid has hit companies like this one um, to an extent and our hr department for example has started a, a conversation around mental health during covid and uh, they they um, highlighted to you know the people leaders within the company and so on that they should be extremely careful about the mental state of their people during COVID, um, especially during COVID, because sitting at home and so on also contributes to to, to what we are talking about, to burnout, to uh, you know feeling sadness, feeling um, like something that, that I remember I, I attended a training where they spoke about something called anhedonia which is like an inability for you to feel joy out of things, which is something that I also feel I felt a year ago. At, at some point, I just stopped being interested in things. I stopped feeling the joy of doing anything Warhammer related or actually now that I think about it, it was stop like I stopped feeling joy out of anything. So we can use this as an opportunity, you know, for our listeners to, to warn our listeners uh, to start observing their th themselves, start observing their bodies, their uh, their mental state. You know, if if you felt down for a longer while, if you felt tension or distress or lack of interest or fear, even maybe you know it's time to uh, to to get some help or at least open up to someone. Uh, I don't say that you have to go to a professional; that's also a taboo. Uh, but you know, you'll know when it's time. But just find uh, a, a friendly soul that you can open up to, and uh, you know it could change the entire situation. So, just a uh, just a hint uh, right there before we get to other hints. Uh, be careful about your mental health, everyone, because uh, it's it's a very sensitive thing. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think that's important to just state. Yeah, and uh, one of the one of the answers to this question that because th there were two answers like yes and no, and then uh, you know I, I left uh, that open space for people to open up if they wanted. And one of the thing one of the answers um, I feel scary that I, I I will want to ask you about this. Someone someone wrote the level of emotional and mental fatigue I feel after a five round two day tournament normally leaves me not wanting to play games for three to five days afterwards. Is this something that you would agree to? Is this something that you feel as well from time to time? For me personally, I think um, that's that's a no for me. Okay. I was the kind of I've always been the kind of person who could go to a three round tournament. Then we'd all go back to hang out and play like a board game and I wanted to play more Warhammer. So so <laughs> So I think I might just be a freak of nature in that in that sense. Um, however, I you know after and that's just like a normal tournament. But six right like this weekend went six tournament six rounds, and last night I wouldn't want to play another game, but I could play today, if you know like I I, I don't I I would totally film about report right now. Like I don't it's it's just a normal thing for me to do to pass the time. Okay, Joker. How about you? Uh, when you go to a tournament, uh, you know uh, your legs hurt, your brain is probably leaking through your ear, and so on. Do you feel? Is it the same for you? Could you could you just pick up the minis and dice and play on another day, or do you need a longer break? 
Uh, I think I've been on both sides of the spectrum, to be honest. I think that when the first time I organized uh, our local GT, the Heresy, and uh, not only was I the TO, I also played at that event. After that finished, I felt like I'm not going to play Warhammer for the next two months. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, like a month ago, when I went to the team championships, uh, I mean, we came back and I was ready to go. I, if I could, I'd just go and play Warhammer the next day. But yeah, obviously you have to go to work, unfortunately. At yeah. least some of us do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, again, as you said, both sides of the spectrum. There have been, especially at the beginning, uh, in like 2014, 2015, that was the seventh edition. And I was, you know, ecstatic to start. I started with the orcs. They didn't work out for me just because I think the orcs were completely at the bottom of the tier list of armies back then. Uh, and they didn't play at all. Uh, but also, I was a, a horrible player, so so probably the mixture of that. And then I had the brilliant idea to switch to a different army, uh, the aesthetics of which I loved, which was Drukari, which was, if orcs were at the bottom, Drukari were just above them, I think, back in, in those days. Uh, that was before, like, Necron, the, the Curians, and, and, and all that horrible bark stars and, and all that jazz. So I remember I had the... Uh, a streak of 27 losses <laughs> with with my Drukari. and the last the last uh like five biggest losses were when i went to the first three city heresy it was exactly you know that time when people said oh come to this big tournament come to the master we call it the master series tournament so come to the master series tournament you'll meet people you you'll enjoy it it's going to be fun <clears throat> that was probably the, the saddest experience of my hobbying time ever because i got absolutely destroyed by my opponents uh i met some toxic players at that event as well and uh i came back home and i just felt like uh i need to sell the army immediately and just go into something else because there's no no hope for that um so so this but the next army i picked up was space wolves i went to a small patrol tournament and uh you know i i won two games those were my first two games that i won and I was, again, ecstatic about the hobby. So it all came back. I just needed a little bit of time after that that, uh, that dreadful streak of, of losses. So, yeah, and I, I, I think we can, we can risk uh, and claim that uh, the majority of us have been both here and there. Question three. And I think this is where we get to the sort of most interesting aspects of, of the survey. What are the most common reasons for you feeling burnout and we have one answer that is dominating here uh, we have 63 respondents so 60 percent of the uh, of the entire group claiming that the reason is power creep or meta shift mm -hmm. have you been sorry have, have has this affected you in any way in the past uh, i feel like i'm i'm like the odd one out when it comes to this sort of thing because because I've been playing for so long, maybe earlier when I was playing, uh, because I've been playing for so long and my collection is so like large for the one faction that I play, when the power creeps or the meta shifts, I tend to have something in my collection that I can revert to or use that sort of offsets what the meta is kind of shifting to at the moment. And so I feel like this 
um, is affects people the most when they are like, they have a list, they're like, I want to build it, it seems good. And then by the time they finish building that specific list, the meta has shifted. And so all the work and effort into building, collecting and painting these models has sort of like, there's either an FAQ that invalidates the unit choices that they made, or that makes something else very powerful that um, makes their army, you know, that invalidates their army by just killing it off the table really fast or something like that. And and so I feel it's it's it could be disheartening to, you know, try and constantly keep up with the changes in the game um, while, you know, having limited time and a limited budget. And, you know, that's stuff that can really just be frustrating to try and keep up. You know, we, they, a lot of times it's called like, pay to win or whatever right where like if you want to keep up with the meta you know yeah games workshop is a company they're selling miniatures they're selling models are they going to make the new fancy model have better rules than other stuff more than likely you know they they're still a business so it's you know it's 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 about curbing that expectation and i can definitely see how it can be disheartening to people i guess i'm just a glutton for punishment in that way where I see it as a challenge to take like the most obscure thing in my codex and make it work against the meta, but that, but not everybody wants to do that. They just want to like put an army on the table that they feel is fun and uh, like does well or can, or you just want to go crush people. And that's completely <laughs> fine too. But then the meta shifts on you and there's three FAQs and an addendum and this thing. And then like you have to read three pages and guess what? Your codex is invalidated as soon as it like gets published or whatever, you know, and, and that can be very confusing for people and demoralizing. True. Joker. Yeah. I have to agree to an extent, uh, because, uh, too many times I've been reading new rules that were coming out and, also felt this heart and just looking and not believing what I'm reading. Wow, this is just totally going to wipe my factions off the board or something. But then at the end of the day, uh, the biggest amount of games you're playing, you play locally. And usually, um, at least in my experience, that has uh, been manageable. Uh, so the power creep didn't hit that hard. Uh, the guys in our area don't do, I don't know, hype buying the most powerful stuff. Uh, it's usually people sticking to one or two factions they own. So um, after some initial um, demotivating thoughts, it's uh, usually manageable and uh, not that much of an issue as it might seem at first. Yeah, I, uh, you know, when people say that the, the main reason is power creep. Um, I tend to agree. And I wonder if GW is aware of that. that. You know, so many people are disheartened, unhappy, disappointed with the changes. I mean, I, I read into the comments that people left and the great majority of them is that no, ninth edition launched 15 months ago. My army still does not have a codex, and its uh, eighth edition rules transitioned to ninth edition extremely poorly. So uh, there are people whose armies are, you know, the bottom four, for example, just because they haven't received the book yet. And uh, on one hand, people say that the GDubs releases things too fast, but there are also people who who say that they they release things too slow, and their army 
hasn't been catered for properly. Um, you know, um, people want to to use armies that they like, but in the comments I see multiple answers that say, you know, having to use the armies that compete rather than the armies I enjoy, which is probably related to the previous comment that, that I read out. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I know I, I haven't ever been able to keep up with the power creep properly. I usually, when I stepped into, like in the 8th edition, um, I stepped into orcs, for example, and I want, I, I picked up orcs um, <laughs> too late because I picked up orcs back when uh, the Luta bombs were, were neutered or, well, at least yeah, made worse. So let, they did... me, let me stop you. Nerf. Uh, at this Nerf. Point. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> let me stop you here. You picked <laughs> them up at the exact right moment. That's what I meant uh, by hype buying. So uh, you didn't just go out and get 35 looters to play a ridiculous list. You jumped in when uh, this ridiculous combo was nerfed and uh, it was a bit more healthy in that regard. So um, you kind of avoided uh, that demotivating, in a way, FAQ uh, that would have left you feeling down and just thinking, oh no, I can't keep up with the rules. I, I wasted I know, man money, resource, what have you. So on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, you know, I wanted to be part of that uh, group, <laughs> let's say, you know, who, who benefited from from uh, a stronger role at the beginning. Well, yeah, <laughs> once in a lifetime I could have used something, but I never got to. <laughs> I bought them. I bought them too late. Uh, so, so they 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 never were as strong. I've got. Work. I do feel like I've got you beat. I had um, a local player bought. Was it fifteen um, biovores, and they arrived. The Wednesday and the Saturday, the rule of three was introduced. <laughs> oh my god! So I think we have a similar story in our like local <laughs> local uh, community where there was a guy who uh, like started buying a lot of custodies, and then jet he bikes. jet bikes. Yes, and it was like back then when when they were like the shit, and. Uh, he sent them to a, a local painter to paint. Mm -hmm. When they came back, it was too late that they were they were no longer meta, <laughs> and he never got to play them. They sit on his on his shelf up to now. He well, he uses them probably now, but you know he never got the the proper strength from them that they had. Yeah, back when they were painted twenty-ish custodies jet bikes that never saw proper tournament play. Yep. So so that's exactly what what people comment about you know with power creep i i think this is this is it you, you and and it's in line with what you said as well people spend a lot of time a lot of money uh investing in their armies and then uh, a rule comes out or a new codex comes out that completely invalidates uh them i had the same with uh jukari i i you know in eighth the codex came out i enjoyed them for a while i, I remember i won a single tournament and then uh, I think the Knights Codex came out, and I remember that I, as, as soon as that came out, my winning stopped. Like, I couldn't handle Knights at, at all. I couldn't just work around them. Everyone around me could, so I, I you know, uh, at the end of the day, probably that boils down to my poor skill, 
but uh, back then I felt like, oh my god, if it hadn't been for that codex, I probably you know would be in a better situation. Um, and whether that's a correct assumption or not, I don't know, but I blamed it on power creep. Um, Grey Knights, I bought Grey Knights at the end of 8th, and it was the same. I, I felt that the, the, it may be the right time to buy them, but then other codices came out, Space Marines got some buffs and so on, and suddenly my army didn't feel that strong anymore. Like the Paladin bombs that I really wanted to play suddenly yeah. were out of meta, like, or, or you didn't use two of them. So I, I was always late, so to say, with, with my purchases. So yeah, so I, I completely, I can sign my name under that one um, as well. You know, and I'm you know, reading through some of the responses, you know, it's it, there is there are a lot of different reasons that we're mm -hmm. seeing uh, from the folks that answered the survey. Right, you've got um, you know anything from the release rate of things all the way to um, not being able to find games in the system that you like. You know, being that you know, for example, you're a say you're a, a, a narrative player that wants to play Crusade or just like pick up games to you know play. But most of the people in your community just play competitively all the time. And that, that can discourage people from playing, especially if they don't enjoy that aspect of the game or being you know, here a part of your national team and, and feeling that pressure of constantly doing well and, and needing to perform in order to maintain that standard. You know, and, and, and so, yeah, I guess it's something that you can take from this is whatever your reason is for feeling that way, it's inherently just a very human experience of like, just getting to a point where you just like you you reach your limit, if that makes sense. And for some people, it's you know one thing will trigger it, and for other people, something completely different will trigger it. That's very true. Going down the 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 the, the list of answers that we have, the second one, as I mentioned earlier, uh, pertaining to the age group of, of our responders, lack of time, be it due to work or due to family or any other reason uh it's also in the in the like comments or responses that people gave that many people simply suffer uh, from lack of time and now i think it also can be a little bit um you know demotivating when you go and listen for example to podcasts like i don't know art of war or something and you hear about people who get to play nine ten games a week while there are people who are happy if they get to play one game a month. <laughs> so uh, probably, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's it's the second on the list because uh, we all suffer from lack of time. We are all uh, having hectic lifetimes. Um, but I wanted to ask- but Then you look at the age group, yeah. right? Lack of time being, hey, guess what? Most of the people taking the survey, 25 to 35, right? Guess what you're doing that time? New career, family. Like your 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 time is definitely precious. True, uh, Joker. I wanted to ask you, and and this will probably you know uh, jump between questions a little bit. But how do you how did you manage? You have you have a small child, and you have uh, a job. Uh, as I said, we work in the same company. How do you manage to 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 you know to to play pretty frequently? Be a good dad and be a good person at the work they do. Well, I don't know if playing once, uh, sometimes twice a week is a lot <laughs> at this rate. 
Um, you'd have to ask my daughter if I'm a good dad. So let's not jump to conclusions <laughs> too fast. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, work stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's uh, yeah, let, let's say that I'm good at work. Oh, I do. And um, in case someone from the company might be listening. <laughs> Uh, I don't know really, but look, I mean, it's 11 p.m. and I'm doing a podcast on Warhammer, so uh, I guess it's just the um, commitment and uh, just how much can you motivate yourself to do various things. Uh, I mean, I, sometimes at this hour I sit down and start painting, although uh, if I start at 11 p.m. it very rarely happens because I'm just, I don't know, either tired or or just not motivated enough, you know, feeling uh, a bit lazy. So uh, your lack of time, I can definitely get that. And it's all about how you manage time, how you, uh, how do I say this? How you um, agree your time off with other members of the family or people close to you. Uh, it's all about that relationship that you have and uh, how you handle that. Yes, yeah, so that's, I, I, that's what I think. And uh, I mean, okay, I'll say it, but working from home is uh, very helpful uh, in that regard. I might glue a couple of guys um, sometimes um, during working hours. I shouldn't be saying that. Uh, so yeah, during lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, paid break time, uh, unpaid break time. I meant. Yep. Yep. Obviously. yep. <laughs> All right. And do you guys have, I don't know, any sort of like a, a, a contract with, with with members of your family, like with your wives? Is that, you know, because uh, I remember when, when, when I started, especially, I had uh, an allergic child that I needed to, uh, like allergic to everything. So I needed to spend a lot of time with my child just watching if he's not swelling up after eating something. My wife was really nervous at that time. Uh, so, you know, I, I really found it difficult to find time to play and when I did I usually I figured that it's better to go to a tournament even if I'm going to suck at it it was it was better to go to a tournament that lasted a day but allowed me to play three games than to go to a single game that would probably eat up three four hours mm -hmm. um, and and so on so I mean you know how, how do your families take your hobbies for example Skari I understand well, that this is something that my hobby is like my right. job <laughs> so um, you know I live and die by my schedule so I've had to become very aware of time management. You know, I come from a background where I did uh, I did sales for seven years before I started uh, doing the hobby full time. In the meantime, I did videos, I did bat reps and things like that uh, on and off. However, my career was just sales and business management and business ownership. And I was never home. And then on the weekends, I would go to tournaments. So that was terrible. But now I get to take my son to school. I get to see him when he comes home. And in between all that time, I schedule everything I need to do for work, which is also making videos or coaching clients or doing a variety of different things that I do with the hobby. And part of that is scheduling times for events. But I also make sure that I have dedicated times where I'm spending with family. And I think that time management has been crucial for me to like make that work-life balance make sense, especially since, you know, I've got a studio at home and it's very easy to get lost in work when it's just at home. And it's also 
a thing that I really enjoy. So I, I have like, I have to separate my work hobby and my just hobby for myself. You know, I don't film every game I play, right? I play Minecraft, you know, I, I just do little things that I don't necessarily share with the public because that's just me time or like hobby time. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if I do stuff that's like work time, I'm like filming a bow report or I'm, you know, writing up about, you know, an event that I went to or, you know, writing an article or taking pictures or doing a stream. You know, that's that's more work, work hobby. And then and and it's taken me some time to learn how to separate the two. Uh, and I still they still mix, mix up all the time. But I'm I'm trying very hard to keep my keep it compartmentalized that way. Yeah, I'd imagine it must be, at least in the beginning, very challenging to be able to separate what's work, work, and what's like hobby, hobby. Or I should have said work, hobby, and hobby, hobby. Uh, especially when you start doing it full time. Um, yeah, probably from the outside, it seems like a dream, but it must be. It definitely takes some time to work out. Um, as for myself. Uh, it feels like uh, I'm going to go into um, marriage 101 and I don't think I'm the best suited <laughs> person to be doing that. But it's just, you know, you, you, need, you, need, you need to communicate with uh, people close to you. And, uh, you know, that goes true for uh, all parts of life. So, uh, you know, if I give enough notice to my wife that I, I want to go to a two-day event or I want to hobby in the evening, uh, paint build models, I'll go out for a game and as long as I remember that she also needs uh, you know time away from the house from, from from the two of from the two babies she's having so myself and our daughter uh, you know I think it's manageable uh, but you know we're all human beings and uh, we just need to respect each other and communicate that's uh, I think it's as simple as that even if it sounds simple I think it just is simple, or maybe I'm a lucky man and have a really supportive wife, and um, that's it. I think you know that that's that's something that takes time to work out, and I see it on my own example. I at the beginning, I as I said, I had very little time for hobbying. Uh, I I bought my first minis in order to paint them, not to play, but then I got absolutely absorbed into playing, uh, and I was you know trying to figure out a way how to go and play and participate in that tournament that was a way around it, so to say. Uh, my wife at the beginning was simply against it, just because, you know, it was like uh, a time not with the family, uh, time not helping her with the, with the child and so on, and that yeah. share. Um, pretty soon, I realized that in order to make it work, uh, we need to start sort of trading time, which meant... Yeah. I, I go somewhere for four hours, she goes somewhere for four hours. I stay with the child. Uh, you know, that way it was fair and square. Uh, that way uh, she could get the rest she needed. And then this also contributed towards something else. I remember not so long ago, we had a conversation in one of our chats locally uh, about a guy who's, uh, th th sorry, there was a guy who said, that he, I, I would like to buy uh, a, a, like a display shelf glass display shelf with with light inside to put my minis in there so that people could see that I play but my wife will never agree and I remember that my response to that was wait be patient work slowly towards that just because uh, 
it's the same happened with my wife. I, I started convincing my wife that the hobby is the thing that makes me, you know, rested, that, that gives me pleasure. It took a couple of years for her to see that it's not just a whimsical thing that I'm not spending money because I just want to spend money. I'm actually spending money because I love what I do, that there are more and more memes. They are painted. They look great. I go to tournaments. I have, I have fun. But then I'm also fair towards her because I allow her to do the things that she wants. And after several years, we worked out this consensus where I now can go to tournaments uh, and like foreign tournaments. We went to Prague two years ago with Joker and, and a bunch of our guys. And I didn't really even have a problem convincing her. It was just, can I go? Sure, go. Just, you know, in the future, give me a day or two where I can have some time off as well. And it's just that you just need to work 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 that out and sooner or later if your spouse is not supportive they will become supportive just by seeing that you're dedicated and committed to the hobby so that maybe that's not like a you know a eureka sort of uh piece of advice but something that has worked i feel for the three of us in in this very podcast right now we need to start a patreon marriage counseling 101 <laughs> absolutely yes absolutely yes um all right, uh, just a couple of things that I wanted to highlight because uh, I want to move on with the with the questions, but also to you know respect the people who devoted their time to answer. One of the one of the things that I noticed in this in in the answers to this survey, um, there are uh, things like peer pressure and bad results at tournaments, and I would connect that also with like having too high expectations towards yourself. Now is, you know, um, I know about myself that this is absolutely something that I have done to myself uh, before I quit a year ago. Like the last 15 games that I played, when I went to play, even with friends, those games had to be a win. I, yeah. I had the feeling that I, you know, I play once a week, like on a Sunday evening or something. It should be quality time. Uh, Quality comes from winning. So I convinced myself that, you know, I, I have to win and I have to show everyone that I am winning. You know, we had a chat room in which we discussed our games. And if I, I lost, everyone could see. So I felt like, you know, I'm naked and I lost a game that I should have won and so on. So this all started sort of caving in at some point. But um, yeah, that having too high expectations, is that something that you have to work with? I don't know, Skari, have you ever suffered from that well there's a lot of pressure you know being a you know being national team being like a, oh, yeah. a figurehead in the community being like you know doing coaching for for playing the game you know there's always that level of expectation and it's very easy to get overwhelmed if you think about it too much you know um like i've had losing streaks that have sort of like made me nervous you know about uh you know what people would expect and things like that but I think it's important to understand how you're feeling more than anything. And then, and at the same time, you know, a lot of the times it's about who do you surround yourself with, right? Like if you're surrounding yourself with, with if you're surrounding yourself with very critical people um, and you don't feel good and you don't feel happy, then you might need to take stock of the people you surround yourself with, right? Like that's just, mm -hmm. and that's like a hard truth 
you know, if if you were, you know, you tell me who your five closest friends are, and I'll tell you your future is a very common sort of like like saying that I've heard mm-hmm. many you know many a time, especially in business. If you want to be a successful person, you you interact and network with sex, successful people. If you want to be a nice person, you hang out with nice people. You want to be a you know critical, stressed out like person, you're going to hang out with critical, stressed out people. You know, and so that's I think the hardest part is sort of like understanding how much that environment can affect like your thought process, especially when it comes to expectations, right? Because if you're if you're if you're feeling burnout frequently because of results then the support system that you have around you probably doesn't like vibe well with what you need to succeed yeah you have to be very careful about or put a lot of thought into who and what you surround yourself with so uh like uh, i you know recently i i consume podcasts like a crazy person and recently i've i've listened to i think the uh, the um uh art of war has this unbroken series mm-hmm. where where they bring in like celebrity players who played a game or went to a tournament and lost and uh i i can't remember if that it was that series exactly but i know that they had uh richard siegler on mm-hmm. and and richard siegler who you know to many is like the the, the prime example of a guy sort of appearing from nowhere and starting winning everything uh, you might assume hearing that those stories that he just keeps on winning and, and mm-hmm. that's it but the truth is and 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 richard uh mentioned that in in his um uh story that it wasn't at all like that uh sorry it, it wasn't like that at all so he he came in with his army and uh john lennon uh served served his ass to him many a time before he actually learn to play so i guess the conclusion from that is you know treat your games as a development training trying to take something away from every single game uh it doesn't have to be a win lower your expectations a little bit like uh you know if, if richard siegler started by losing to a bunch of people and drawing conclusions you can do too and after every single game probably it will be you'll be better. I think it's it's important to note as well, you know, with a lot of people who are on in the spotlight and, you know, who, you know, seem to do very well, like they've probably lost more games than you've ever played. If you take into account the, the amount of games they play on a daily or weekly 100%, basis. 100%, absolutely. right? Like, it, you know, or people look at me and go, Scar, you're really good at the game. You know, like, how do you do it? It's like, I've been playing for like 20 years. Like I've played more, I've lost more games. I've just lost more games than most people have ever played. That's right? an important thing to say out loud because you're, I, I you're guess it's an ancient Sorry, archon. I'm just an ancient archon. You know, I go into real space. Sometimes nobody comes back. Homunculus has to regrow me. Then I build up my army again. Go out. No, I'm. You know, it's it's you know it's important to make that distinction. You know, you can't always. Um, like, and, and that's the thing, I think it's also, I don't, I'm going to date myself, but I feel it's like a generational thing where there's like a culture of like instant gratification, Absolutely. right? 
-hmm. and and i feel that that this is you know it's like a slow burn where it like gets better as you age like a fine wine right like you you know it's one of those things where you can get better at this game over time exponentially right if you just if you have the right student mentality and i think uh and i think people get frustrated quickly when they don't see the results they want right away and that can lead to like burnout especially if your expectation is so high or you're very hard on yourself that you don't allow yourself to to grow or to find different approaches to say a problem or a matchup that you find hard or or something that's just not jiving with you and uh it's not clicking right yeah exactly i mean we've locally uh had many discussions around how we bring new players in and uh, a lot of the ideas circled around um, toning down tournaments, if you will. And uh, I mean, I just think that's just, uh, you need to manage expectations realistically. So if you've just started and you go to a tournament where people want to win, you just need to sometimes accept the fact that you're probably not going to get a good result but lightly and uh, not let that fact dishearten you because it's it's a learning process right uh there's a it's a fairly hard to learn game there's lots of rules you need to learn and you just need to keep that in mind and uh yeah not let it get you down just keep it real yeah absolutely true um i observe a, a certain trend in in people i mean in, in our local community but i like to think that this is also common um, abroad that especially new players they, they go to a tournament and they oftentimes leave that tournament saying that it was you know a toxic experience and so on because all the players came with like the baddest stuff from their codex they brought like the meanest you know composition of uh, what their colleagues had to offer and so on and it was an unpleasant experience because they came to enjoy themselves brought the models the the the, the, you know the units they like uh and and they were surprised because they got swept off the table what joker said I, i i echo that you need to be realistic at the end of the day you came to a tournament uh a tournament has a set of rules the set of rules allows that army composition everyone is going to tweak their lists their armies to that composition and probably they are going to bring the meanest baddest stuff they have uh in their books so don't be surprised by it learn from it and and i know that it's you know it's a cliche it's 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 a thing that people don't really like to hear but yes this is this game has a learning curve there are so many books there are so many armies there are so many updates and erratas to learn all that is very very difficult but treat every single game as a learning experience and you're going to come out stronger uh thanks to that so yeah keep keep that in mind that you know uh meeting those people who compete with really strong armies um this actually contributes to you being better because you can ex- you can you know watch them while they do it and you can uh take something away from those games Yeah, 100%. And another thing that's important to note is if you need a break, take a break. If you're not enjoying yourself like and you need to take a step back, 
it's 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 healthy to stick it. I would recommend that you do, and then like reassess and then jump back in. It's the same when I'm at the table and the game is not going my way, and I can tell that I'm starting to get tilted, and like the game's just getting away from me. You know, little cues in my body language will tell me I need to step away from the table and take a deep breath. You know, sometimes you just need to like take a break to reassess and come back fresh. And that's okay. It's completely, I think that's completely okay. Yeah. Whether it's a, you know, a, a shorter break to, to like during, you know, gaming, particular game that you're having, or even taking a, a longer break from the hobby, that's actually something that people, uh, you know, we ask people, how do you handle your Warhammer 40k burnout? And in those comment, in that comment section where people could comment, the great majority of people said, I do breaks. So sometimes it's a longer break, like the, I think the maximum that someone uh, mentioned was a couple of years. But, uh, but there are also like, you know, I, I've been gone for a year, I've been gone for a couple of months. And I think that's really important to, you know, step away, uh, get some different perspective, and then you know, observe the scene, find out if something has changed, if the rules, uh, the rules, or I don't know, the missions have changed. Like I, one of the reasons for me uh, dropping was I was really unhappy with the with the missions at the beginning of night. And I think with the GT pack now, it's 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 better. The, the missions are different. The missions are more enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I wanted, and I said at the beginning that I'm going to use uh, Joker here. Um, you know, you've you've initiated. Some of the initiatives, and this is in line with the the answer that got like the most answers to that question. So I focus on other aspects of the hobby. Um, you, as far as I know, you do playing tutorials. You uh, you you do like you organize something we call laid back gaming. Uh, can can you tell us something about all those initiatives that you run that you know uh, are not exactly tournament play, but something that helps other people in the hobby yeah i can try i mean so yeah you've already mentioned the uh, two of them so lately i've been doing some intros to trying to get more people uh into the hobby and into the um let's say active part of community so instead of people playing themselves in their basements just maybe find some more faces to play against um yeah we've had a run of the um nicely translated laid back gaming so those were just events for people to come in and play however they like although and um these events were specifically not tournaments so there wasn't any ranking in them etc um because usually what we do locally is just play tournaments so yeah i totally get what one person wrote in regards to um one of the answers to the, I think, question number two it was that uh, not enough people in their given area play open play or narrative play. So that mm -hmm. was uh, a place where you could do that, or at least that was the idea behind it. Um, what else? So, yeah, and during the COVID break, I tried to um, activate the community members more on our Facebook group by either motivating them to post um, painting progress and uh, you know doing small uh, competitions like just gathering photos of uh, minis they've painted throughout a given month 
making gallery alpha and you know just clicking the like button on what you like and then uh, whoever uh, gets the most likes just gets a blister at some point and uh, I think I still need to give those out uh, because of how long we've had um, the relevant restrictions and so um, I think that and uh, look we're doing the podcast now uh, again uh, so that's also something that's hobby related still with Warhammer. So I just try to consume every possible aspect of it because that's my feelings for 40k. Um, so yeah, I, I might be the odd one out actually as well. So um, they I don't have think, it. I don't think you are. I don't think you are because, and this is something that I wanted to send as a message to uh, to all our listeners. Uh, this hobby, you know, I. I I dropped for a year and I tried different things. I played World of Warcraft. I tried other computer games, but I actually like I read a ton of books, but I haven't been able to find another hobby that would be so multifaceted. Um, so that, that offered you know, a plethora of different experiences still within one hobby. So as, as you said, Joker, um, you you organize those those playing tutorials. So you might think, you know, you're get you're close to burnout. Maybe think of going to your local gaming store and offering them that on one day a week you are going to teach people to play. The shop can attract people so that they come and then you teach them how to play. And actually, <laughs> I've seen a picture from our local gaming store where Joker is standing in the in the middle of a circle of like 15 people and they are all watching as he explains the rules. I find this amazing, an amazing way to attract new people to the hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. laid back gaming that I mentioned. But the, our local gaming shops also uh, shop also organizes something like a bits flea market, like where people just come in and exchange bits and so on. Meet you can meet new people. Those can, are great, by the way. Like the trade, the trade like markets. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if you're you can meet and greet with people, those are always fun. Yeah, and you can you know you can you can try more on that artistic part. So I mean. Painting minis is just one thing, but you can you know, make videos like Skari. He has the entire channel's card cast that you can, you know, uh, I, I really feel like uh, this this needs a plug. So there you go. Uh, but, you know, go and watch and see. There are like also uh, those painting hours where, where you just sit with people and, and, and paint and talk about things. Um, uh, so 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 everyone can make a video. We are making a video or a podcast, as, as Joker said. But you can go even further. Uh, like if you're getting burnout, bring something to the community, uh, organize an event, or uh, like myself, like I, the, one of the biggest joys of of participating in this hobby was when I heard that Joker wants to organize an event and he wanted to make it big and memorable. I offered that I'm going to go and help with the sponsoring yeah. uh, or sponsorship. And I, I, I took like, I don't know, 100 companies and I just emailed them. And you, you wouldn't believe how many of those 100 companies responded that, yes, they want to support us. <laughs> they want to, you know, send us either freebies or like gaming mats or something like that um, and, 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 and help us. And, the, you know, the events that we organized were usually huge successes. And the, 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 the prize pools were so big that the tables we put our prizes on were like shaking because there were so many prizes. That's extremely rewarding. And if you haven't done that before, just go and try you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how much you can get out of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I like running campaigns. Um, you know, I running, I love running little crusade leagues. 
um you know it's good to like shape it up you know play rotate your game system every once in a while learn like age of sigmar or play like some some Frostgrave or whatever the other games are that you play or um you know do something that has nothing to do with the Warhammer or read a book like a lot of the times all i need to get back into the hobbying mood is get the lore and open a book and read about you know my favorite you know 40k character as they go around beating some skulls or something you know that's <laughs> always fun yeah I mean, there is an, an amazing place in, in Poland there, that organizes tournaments where they do something that I haven't heard about uh, anywhere else, which is you do a tournament with an army swap. So you go to a tournament, you face your opponent, you show him your list, uh, and then you have to swap the armies and play his army against him, and he plays yours. And then you get to play the other way around, so you get to play with your army and uh, and beat him, hopefully with with your army while he plays his that's something that is extremely refreshing because you get to to play another army you get the feel of another army if you're like contemplating maybe getting a new army but you don't get enough time to play test and check that's one of the ways of actually play testing something um and the tournament you know the formula is extremely fun uh, because you have to help your opponent in a way and uh, in our pre pre podcast conversations, Carrie, you mentioned uh, spending some time on TTS. Is that correct? Have you have you yeah, dabbled into yeah. this? Right. So yeah, we, that... we use it a lot for for mainly uh, coaching, like not coaching. Well, I use it for coaching as a tool because it's very easy to teach someone that's, you know, in Australia or Europe or you know anywhere. You know, we can go down and do scenarios and do a whole. So I use it more as a tool, and then, of course. For Team Canada, we definitely use it a lot for practice. And it's since Canada is so big, you know, we've got us in Toronto, Montreal, or Ottawa, or even British Columbia, which is all the way on the other side of the continent. You know, um, it's nice to be able to play games against people who you wouldn't get to just drive to and play a game with. So, you know, we use it more as a tool like that. Okay, so that, that sounds great. And that also, I've seen a comment uh, in, in the survey. Someone complained that, you know, the hobby is expensive and they don't get to play test enough. They don't get to check their, ar their army before they buy it. They have to buy it and then, well, play and test and find out that they are not enjoying the army. TTS might be the answer. It's actually, uh, you know, the, 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 the way it went from the beginning to now, how developed it is, how many, how many models, armies, and so on are there, pieces of terrain, etc. It's really sophisticated so you might want to give it a go even if it's, if it's not perfect it's there to to test almost for free so so yeah. maybe go go and give it a look um i also cannot stress enough what i said earlier try and organize your own event i mean you know an event organizer often wins at least in poland so <laughs> there might be something to it but also uh you know organizing an event and a, and a big event is an experience of its own uh, i think joker can can tell us something about it because uh you've organized a couple right yeah i have uh that's i mean yeah you know it's just that getting people together is does have a nice ring to it and if at least one person after the event says you know what well, thanks for putting this together then that's that's enough for me and then you know there are there are more definitely more than one uh, persons who, who come to you and, and congratulate you and say thank you because you know organizing an event is it's taxing on one hand 
but on the other hand it, it also like helps you develop in our case like you know I, I i worked in the company where i worked and uh, after a couple of tournaments i actually recommended joker to the company saying that he is an incredible organizer and so on and that convinced my boss and he got the job um, i mean one of the things that that's one of the reasons but i like to think it was helpful so you never know where you end up because of the hobby and yeah. Yeah, and I and the last last bit, but it's also important. Like we also mentioned, you know, you might want to start recording videos or doing a podcast or something. Thanks to to that. Well, I'm talking to Scary. You know, I I spoke to Denise from uh, the normal blogs. Uh, this gives you an opportunity to just meet amazing people, and yeah. if that's not refreshing, then I don't know what is. Uh, you know, you, you never know. I, I listened to Scary what, eight years ago or seven years ago, and I could only dream about having a word with him. Now we recorded the entire podcast with him. So, yeah, try that maybe because you'll never know what the results might be. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's okay. Like, it's so fun to have, like, just dreams down the line. You know what I mean? Like... You totally. tell me, tell me, ten years ago that I was going to be frequently doing content with freaking mini wargaming, right? <laughs> and I, that I literally drive down and film there every, pretty much every single week now. Like that's it. That's awesome. You know what I mean, I would have never imagined that. So I agree. You never know what's going to happen. All right. I think we need to to come to the close with this. Um because we're we're running out of time um scary i started sort of plugging your uh your your youtube channel do you want to plug anything else that you do or you know draw our listeners attention to uh some other of your content well thanks i appreciate it well first of all thanks so much everybody for listening and i hope you found this topic um a brain buster topic you know that made you think on your commute or your drive or at home or whatnot and you know let us know if you didn't take the survey, um, yeah, we, we'd like to know what you think as well about the topic at hand. As for me personally, I do a lot of stuff on YouTube, Scardcast. I'm sure the links will, will be where you can find them. I did want to give a huge shout out to all uh, the Patreons to my channel because without them, I couldn't do what I do. So I just want to give them a huge shout out. They're the denizens of the Dark City and they're amazing. And and uh, I respect all of them and they're freaking awesome yeah totally um joker anything that you uh any like final words that you want to send out to our listeners uh well first of all i'd like to thank the two of you that we sat here um i mean everyone in their respective rooms <laughs> the, <laughs> we've managed mm-hmm. to discuss this topic as we've had the idea for this episode for about a month and uh Oddly enough, uh, other content creators have also um, dabbled on the topic. And uh, like Scary said in the beginning, I think it's it's very important. And, you know, mental health issues are probably not something that your average Warhammer player wants to uh, open up on. Uh, whereas I think it is very important. And, uh, and the generation that we're part of uh, is probably one in a transition period where we realize that opening up is okay and uh, you don't have to hold everything in yourself. And just to summarize the episode uh, in a way, uh, I think I'm not going to uh, reinvent the wheel here. 
But yeah, to prov- just to tackle burnout, it's probably best to manage uh, to set realistic expectations. Um, you know, uh, manage them on an iterational basis. And uh, if you need to take a break, take a break. Uh, the hunger for the hobby will come back at some point. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't and you find something else you enjoy, that's also fine. I mean, you do you, uh, we're all different. And uh, at the end of the day, it's a hobby, right? It, it needs to make you feel good in a way. Uh, if it's if a hobby is frustrating for you, that it's not uh, doing its job properly. And uh, don't be afraid to speak up, speak to uh, your family, the people close to you, to your Warhammer mates, if it's about Warhammer, and uh, just work out from there, step by step. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, last maybe piece of advice from me: uh, if you don't want to give up the hobby, but and and you want to develop in it, yet set yourself a plan, like time it, structure it. Uh, you know. Uh, make it reasonable so i remember there was a guy on reddit for example who had a plan to to paint i don't know about a hundred minis and uh he made it his challenge to post a painted mini like every day to reddit and this was sort of like motivating him pushing him forward because he has to post and at at, at the time when he finished posting people were actually hungry for more because he he sort of like a a fault he built a following in that consistency and so on and I think this is something that I can recommend to you as well. Try to be consistent within a realistic premise and uh, you'll see that it will pay off and probably you'll manage to stay away from burnout. Um, thank you, Skari, for joining us um, at this time. I know that you have other commitments that you need to run to, so uh, uh, I, I don't don't let us you know, stop you from doing that. And Joker, as usual, it's been fantastic co-hosting with you. So thanks for your insights. They, as, as always, they're extremely valuable. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. I'll I'll be back anytime if you'll have me. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you want to talk about how Drukari are the most balanced book that has ever been balanced in the history of balance. Oh, yeah, that deserves an episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, yeah, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.